I'm in Queens. I'm about to play a game of one-on-one with my brother. And all of a sudden, we look behind us, and five black guys show up, all wearing uh, white beaters, cut-off jean shorts, sporting the old-school cornrows, looking like they got dressed up for Coolio Appreciation Day. And then, right before I take my first shot, the leader of the Gangster Paradise Coalition yells out, Yo! Blacks versus whites. My asshole tenses immediately. I lean over to my brother and say, Yikes, this basketball court just turned into a prison scene? Real fast. We better start looking around for some neo-Nazis to protect us, bro. We even watch every single episode of Eyes for nothing. Can I get a holla for Coolio, Gangster Paradise, forevermore? Had a good run. Get it while you can. Holla! Janice lives too. Who would have thought Coolio and Janice would work together in beautiful One Love Harmony? But do it all dad over here can make the impossible possible. Holla! Clown Shoe Blues. The official comeback party for the rebranded Pause Daddy Podcast. Holla! I know it sounds like we're the beginning of a momentous new comedy record, but those days are gone, baby, gone. Ha! Aaron Judge, Tyne Roger Maris, Mazel Tov, long time, all the time. Ha! Doing it on nothing but pure freaking right in a cage rage. Ha! Now he probably has the clot shot, so he's not a pure blood, but you get the gist. Thank you! Very much. Hunters, hell, ha! Here I am, Hunter, ha! Sir, snore a lot in the house, ha! Actually, I gave up blow for blow painting. Allegedly, Jim Rome lives, ha! Thank you! Very much. What do you say when you bump into Hunter Biden at Jansen's Market in Greenville, Delaware this past weekend? Are you with the weed pens now? Is that why your appetite is back? Especially since you started hooking up the big guy with 15% of your Adderall prescription at least. Where's your secret service detail? Are they busy scrubbing your laptop clean for the upcoming Jewish New Year? Shana Toval. Ha! Thank you! Very much! Isn't your new wife Jewish? Is she buying you a new laptop for Hanukkah? Didn't she drop off one of your handguns into a garbage bin outside? Or is that your dead brother's wife who you creamed inside seconds after your dead brother's cremation ensued? Clown shoe blues. Ha! Tough gong in the motherfucking house. Thank you very much. Or was it your current Jewish wife who threw your gun away outside of Jansen's market? Let me guess. You got pissed after you called her a Christ killer for refusing to watch Father Stew on Netflix? I hear Mel Gibson plays an easily triggered alcoholic asshole in it. That's almost as shocking as my father-in-law trying to sell me why Mel Gibson is still A-list 
that turns down more scripts than Jamie Foxx on any given Sunday these days. Ha! Clown Chew Blues. Thank you! Very much. License and registration, Mel. I saw the clip of you paddling around with Trumpy Poe at an MMA fight in Vegas on the 4chan network. Ha! Mel Gibson stays in character. Nice star, David, Sheriff. What's the problem? Trader Joe's in Malibu wasn't hiring? You make Jackie Jr. come off as the brain trust of the New Jersey family chapter jerk-off. Is Barbara Streisand set with food tasters? Since she fired her cleaning staff and top chefs for refusing to wear masks in her presence at her dog show estate in Malibu, too? Maybe you've heard this one, schnauzer. Alex Trebek says, Watson Computer, did you know that you were named after Dr. Watson, who was given an eagle cross by Hitler for designing technology that made it easier to identify Jews during the Holocaust? And Watson Computer says, no shit, Sherlock. Ha! Of course, my father-in-law laughed at that joke, him being Mel Gibson's wannabe fantasy agent for hire. Thank you! Very much. But Hunter, thanks for breathing new life into cocaine jokes about my younger brother that are 15 years old at this point at least. At least you didn't add heroin pills to your resume into your 40s either. You ever do speedball with De Niro though? Have you seen him on The View these days? He looks like Betsy Ross falling apart at the seams. And no offense, Hunter, but fuck China. Fentanyl, fentanyl pills have killed more crackers in this country made in Wuhan. Those fentanyl pills have killed more crackers in this country than Lena Dunham kicking it with Taylor Swift on Instagram. Clown shoe blues. Ha! Hunt as hell lives. Thank you! Very much. Deplorable USA. Ha! George Thorgood destroys on. Thank you very much. What do tour guides of Delaware say about sniffing Biden now? Hair sniffer plugs used to take showers with his daughter here. Whenever corn pops. Fluffing services weren't readily available. What's inflation? Jill Biden barely scraping by without any combs or brushes in use since 76. Dragon long year. Ha! Clown shoe blues. Thank you very much. What do you call her hairstyle exactly? Freeloading hoe bag with a towny, trashy twist. Ha! Clown shoe blows. Thank you very much. But nice fishnet stockings, Jill. I bet Jill sucks dick for Bitcoin behind Joe's back at Hotel DuPont. Jill says, I'll suck your untraceable dick. But you look at Tad Fruity, so put a rubber on. 
Don't they make those in DuPont, too? Ha! You'll last longer than Joe at a brownie sale in Brentwood. Deplorable USA. Ha! Thank you very much. Ditching. Dangerous. Ha! Clown Shoe Blues. Thank you very much. Alex Jones is worse than a red-pilled Bill Hicks. How so? Outside of being a clot-free pure blood without cancer. I don't think Alex Jones is a pretentious East Coast elitist wannabe Fagola like the rest either. By Fagola, I mean intent on sucking off his own fart fumes over others. On the other side of the political glory hall divide, Kamran Arshan! Ha! Well, I like his opinions on anything regarding good versus evil don't stink. Only the morally bankrupt went to bankrupt Alex Jones. You CCP citing slogs. Bill Hicks lives. Ha! Trumpy Poo won. Your precious vac shots kills whatever moral high gram your media gatekeepers ever possessed. Your post about bitching about there being no exciting mocktails at a fucking wedding they had to attend this weekend is fucking lame and nobody cares and you're boring and you're better off popping edibles doing anything else than what you're doing right now because no one fucking gives a shit. Ha! And your precious vac shot Kills, whatever more high ground your media gatekeepers ever possess, and cancel culture is realer than Gina Carano's dick and her push-up bra free tits. I can't take no more! Dice and Dennis Lurie live, I'm in a generous fucking mood. Ha! Clown shoe. Blues. Thank you! Very much! The same Gina Carano, who's been forced to make straight-to-streaming movies for Breitbart, dun-dun-dun, for Christ's sake. But cancel culture doesn't exist. And Boogerface Bayard, the view, is the new chief happiness officer for Breitbart. I can't take no more. Dice and Alex Jones live in beautiful harmony. Who would have fucking predicted that one? Ha! Once again, doing all daddy here over here. Making the impossible possible. Thank you! Very much. And Alex Jones, fanboy, flames on. Ditching dangerous. Ha! Bill Hicks lives. Thank you. Very much. Next up, Wow Show. Ha! Our show shines on. Thank you. Very much. I don't think Justin Trudeau is Castro's. Love child. But I wouldn't be surprised if he used that pickup line. A young Barack Obama while in town to visit a local Chicago bathhouse during Arafat Appreciation Month. Justin inches closer to Barack's towel. You know, I'm Castro's love child, right? It's easier to believe with my candy striped socks on in here. If you ever want to downplay your bathhouse Boners, I could hook you up with the beard if you're ever serious about running for political office one day. Personally, um, into the more manly-looking she's that could pass for Michael with no makeup on, too. Brock says, relax, Frenchie. You hired me a Castro's love child. 
Cameron Crowe lives. Ha! Wow show. Wow's on. Joan lives. That's for you, babe. Thank you very much. Have you ever done a Google search for George Soros' wife? You might as well Google Christina Tycucci. I don't know why I expected her to be some old hag in an $8,000 leather jacket that I saw in a local hardware store in Katona, New York while shopping for a campfire lighter with the easy-to-press button that my son, Holy Lighter, ha! could use to light the Shabbos candles with this past Friday. Chances are, George Soros' wife would just outsource gas chamber shower heads for Holocaust Remembrance Day, some out-of-work Proud Boys for hire instead, just to win fucking woke points with Babyface Omar. Gonna work it out! Ha! Clown, shoe, blues! Peter Tosh lives. Thank you! Very much! Have you ever taken your kid to a four-car garage party in the suburbs before? That's next door to Richard Gears Pad in northern Westchester County. You're better off then! Because in the presence of such towering wealth, I felt smaller than Kevin Hart around Eddie Murphy's film library, which doesn't make me a hater, just a small on last spectator. Clown shoe blues. Ha! When I picked up my daughter from the party, Richard Gere made a cameo appearance and said hello to the birthday gal, and I yelled, Those beads didn't come in red gear. Ha! Clown shoe blues. Wow show. Wow's on. Ha! Thank you very much. The store made mozzarella at the Chico and Sons is so scrumptious good. Michael Corleone would have divested its family interests in the olive oil business and casinos in Lake Tahoe if God promised to give Kay a pair of those mozzarella tits versus a kid. Although I don't think Michael will be all hands on deck about fathering a hermaphrodite. After Kay's ultrasound, Kay gets the abortion anyway, just to fuck with Michael. Fuck you, sacred Sicilian sea. I got an abortion, Michael. I've seen how this movie ends before, but how would a hermaphrodite as the head of the five families even work with his minions kneel down to kiss his cock ring, pierce through she's clit, or just be expected to show love by pinning the hermaphrodite's latest gender-fluid pink ziti recipe post on Pinterest. Kay lives. Ha! Jamie Lee Curtis, too. Thank you very much. I don't like actors playing dress-up Nazi anymore. It rubs me the wrong way. Like my father-in-law playing Mel Gibson's agent. You bet your ass Mel Gibson is still A-list. Who cares if his mug is nowhere near the movie poster for Father Stu? You want an actor passionate about playing an easily triggered alcoholic? You got it. What do you mean, O oh, speeding officer? Fucking Kanish breath? My Japanese investors for Passion of Antifa can't build me a bullet train for the ADL fast enough. Wow, show. Wow's on. Ha! Thank you very much. But back to actors playing dress up Nazi. When I was five, I knew that wearing a Swatsticker armband made by my friend Jason Matrakos was wrong during a game of World War II during recess once. Now, realizing, of course, that the Swatsticker 
It's a really dumb symbol, and it looks like two stick figures doing a 69 on a seesaw on some high-grade government-issued crystal meth. Back then, I distinctly remember ripping the swastika armband made from loose-leaf paper and a number two pencil with extreme disgust in the sandbox. Like being forced to go down on Minnesota rep babyface Omar gonna work it out on Yom Kippur to keep my hunger pangs at bay while yelling, I don't play for your side. What about Jewish pride? Who do you think I am? George Soros's love child? Wow. Show. Wow's on. Holla! Shana Tova. Thanks, Lord, for heart gladdening humor. Come rain or shine! Thank you very much. Big stick talking. Rosenfeld, big fish. Restaurant only racking up 14 reviews is infuriating. Like my parents shaming me into giving up the saxophone after showing so much soul man bellowing promise on the shofar. Two days ago, 40 years later, on the last day of Rosh Hashanah, I'm not saying I was the second coming of Charlie Parker, but I blew the shit out of that horn. And those willful blasts were far cries from Skimpy Wimpy. Granted, Hunter's wife is only one of 14 Jews in Delaware for the Jewish holidays, but 14 reviews only for Rosenfeld's Big Fish is Shonda for the Goyim, despite them not historically being the most emotive types, unless your father-in-law is selling Mel Gibson hard as his agent again. You haven't seen Father Stu? Mel Gibson is in it. Don't act pissed. He's still A-list. Wife says, he's still a lot to act. I say, finally, can we put the inflated claims of Jews controlling all media not operated by Alex Jones to bed? Clown shoe blues. Ha! Thank you, Hashem, for helping me make that comedic bit reach full circle, completion, perfection. Thank you very much. But seriously, this is the best-looking, kosher-style-inspired deli on the planet, that being Rosenfeld's Big Fish. These sketches gracing their walls that include one of the joke doctors, Seinfeld, and if Simon and Garfunkel are worth the visit alone, unless you're an ad sales rep, for 4chan, which I hear is Reddit for skinheads who hide behind message boards too. Total threat to election integrity. I agree. <laughs> My pastrami, well, a tag greasy, was delicious. And the seedless rye. But these parts outside of New York was solid too. They also make their own spicy brown mustard, which is a nice do-it-yourself homemade hipster touch. Daughter's potato pancakes didn't have a burnt mark between them. And my son's dog that was split down the middle was enormous. He chose a nosh on it like it was corn on the cob. Blaster, prepared cakes are enormous. And the first Bloody Mary I've ordered in 12 years was spicy, punctuated perfection. My wife would agree, who has her matzo ball soup too. Thank God kosher-style delis aren't deader than Yiddish thanks to Rosenfeld's Big Fish. I get big ups for Rosenfeld's Big Fish for knocking this new-age deli enrichment experience out of the park. Hank Greenberg style. Hammering Hank lives. Ha! Thanks for the wonderful memory, Rosenfels. Shana Tova. Ha! Thank you very much.
And here's a shout out for our Frank's Pizzeria in Crown Falls. Go work yourselves. I write my A plus piece, six types of eggplant parm that's got an, I don't know, 30, 40 likes on my WordPress blog. I'm bringing major heat and a major amount of love in your direction. And I have to find out this weekend when I decide to do a Yelp review at the kindness of my heart. I'm like, you know what? You know, it's a, it's a good karma generator. And, you know, I was really enamored with this place. I mean, I even wanted to move to Delaware. <laughs> I'd run into Hunter on the regular, at least during Jewish holidays, and hear my father-in-law um, continue to cold call uh, Mel Gibson's agent to inquire if he's looking for a change. <laughs> so I was willing to embrace all that just so I give you next to Rosenfeld. And then I got to find out that I'm being shadow banned by Franks when there's not even a political joke, but I'm blaming on the, the bitch wife. I mean, the father Frank, the father Frank, the father of the pizza franchise says, I would pay to see you. But Frank, you let your wife cancel my freaking awesome review. So I'm not paying for Eggman Parm anymore. I can make one better. Ah! So use some like good bread from the Bronx. Real fucking original. Thank you very much. Now, pause Daddy Podcast audience for the grand finale for what this podcast is now going to be. Deliver more funny, fast stories for you and me. We got Clown Shoe Blues, a.k.a. in Mosey's Dream. Thank you! Very much. Remember when your mom walked in on us singing No Mosey, No Cry for my final goodbye? You were in the bubble again, sparkling like the lion cub of Judah under the hot Ethiopian sun with your chosen curls dancing in the name of the Lord. And your mom asked in semi-hurt disgust, what does Mosey no cry mean, Mosey? I say, we're just humming some Bob Marley love songs for Michael's bubble. Nothing new here, Mrs. Cornbluth. Your mom, being a banker for Chemical Bank, had no idea who Bob Marley was, so she couldn't feel too burned. Yet over our last waltz together, before your parents moved to the suburbs, so you could cry it out in your crib upstairs, which always makes the more muffled moans of despair easier to bear. Then there was the time when your mom walked in on you calling me mommy in the bubble, which hurt her much more inside. She says, did my son just call you mommy? And I say, it sounds like Mosey, doesn't it? That's probably why your mom calls herself Mimi around your children at nauseam now. Your mother added, son, you're being raised in Forest Hills, Queens, not Jamaica, Queens. The sun wasn't shining in my heart that day. I mean, Jamaica, Queens is fine if you don't mind dirt weed blowing through the air as you push your son on the swing. The chance of, I'm gonna take ya, ya. Sly Stone lives. Ha! Your dad never cared for that joke reference, despite him always telling me the story about waking up in a post-acid haze to hear Sly and the Family Stone serenade 400,000 hippies with, I'm gonna take ya, ah, yeah, 
uh, Woodstock only nine years earlier because I was Jamaican and he assumed I smoked weed at some point in my life before I decided to clean up my act and become a nanny for the prettiest boy in Forest Hills. You were such a gay baby, Michael. You'd even choke on your rattler for fun. And for endless shits and giggles. <laughs> but I've been sober for 40 years, and I have you to thank. You see, I grew up in the prosperous part of Jamaica when my father was a big-time record producer for Island Records. Peter Tosh was my godfather and taught me how Marco Polo introduced the Europeans to Lassie Soup after traveling to China, who also believed in evil spirits like Ross's do. Bob was a dupey conqueror, meaning an evil spirit conqueror, slayer, which means one who conquers worried, plague, fear. My dad never conquered his dupey spirit and got addicted to the hell water, thinking it was his only way to conquer his doubts of having golden ears after he passed on signing Bob Marley and the Whalers. So once the fire water rum took over his life, he was forced to become a janitor at Scott parties in Trenchtown on dirt roads with no electricity as he scrounged for roaches at the end of punky reggae parties to lift his sagging spirits, which is where the term dirtweed arose from, actually. At first, I dated a Rasta bum who sold coconut water on the streets of Times Square during the summer before it became available at your local 7-Eleven. But that was it. I fell in love with his falsetto voice. He reminded me of a young bunny whaler, really. But he smoked so much ganja. His handwriting wasn't even legible anymore whenever he tried to write me love songs. But this was before Apple had released their desktop computer in 76, because he wasn't the best speller on the typewriter before either. Plus, he insisted on calling whiteout, colonial, imperialism against commas to break up his killer flow or something like that. He was higher than Richard Pryor at Freddie Prince Jr.'s funeral. Far from looking good. But I cut him out of my life and fell in love with a black Israelite, Marcus, who became a public defender for the DA's office, who taught shofar lessons to rich kids in Riverdale to pay for our wedding in Israel by a resort beach town in a lot. Marcus wanted to visit King Solomon's grave, who was known to have a steamy affair with the Queen of Sheba. Bob Marley mysteriously inherited the ring King Solomon possessed that traces back to the time when he was tapping the Queen of Sheba's ass on the regular. Did you know that? Anyway, your father always called you the cleanest boy in Forest Hills. Of course, this is before you live in West Hollywood for three years and ended up recording Pretty Dirty Mind for a common record 76, I think. So my obsession with cleaning up my life spilled into me giving you three bubbles a day, Michael. You were so happy in that bubble as I hums you more Bob Marley love songs, which was permanent rainbow country for me. And I passed the dreaded typing test before getting a job at Apple in 76, before becoming the VP of sales for their floppy disk game division. I made the game Oregon Trail the best-selling floppy disk game in America before Carmen Sandiego came out as a flasher perv stalking Bill Walton at Padres games whenever the Grateful Dead were in town. I know that you've been suffering from night screams, feeling evil spirits strangle the life out of you in your dreams lately. But recently, those dreams have abated a tad. <laughs> and that's because you haven't lost faith in the sweet Lord Almighty Hashem being your protector, redeemer, and ultimate celebrator. Or else you wouldn't have produced all these amazing books and comedy records to move, touch, and to make the universe laugh with, coming together as one. United, we laugh. You prove it every day. I'm your biggest fan. Always have been.
always will be. Tarantino lives. Ah! Although I like this idea of you selling furniture for Bob's Furniture in Norwalk, Connecticut. I think this first interview will materialize into more good fortune for you. You'll be inspired to get back on stage once you get out of the house again. Your soul is too pure and big for the cramped office life. Plus, I want you to write that story about triggering, triggering a Canadian furniture designer. Transplant from Williamsburg, <laughs> post-COVID, now living in northern Westchester County, who designs bookshelves for Chelsea Handler, only to tell him face-to-face, Bob's furniture has way better stuff than this shit, and you'll have a leg to stand on, which will be an empowering, doofy spirit, conquering place to be, Michael. Don't give up on your dreams of making a living off comedic song for a living eventually. Bob worked at the Chrysler factory in Delaware before he became Bob Marley. No money, no cry for now, but earning some for a change will help remove those talking blues. Deep down, you have to believe you're funny enough to fill out those clown shoes. And this is the Pause Daddy podcast. Funny, fast stories for you and me. Controlling our kids' comedy can make our kids great again. My three fuss free angel light beaming kids are living proof of it. Shana Tava, and I'll talk to you guys soon.